Welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network, everybody. This is The Machine on I Love Basketball, and I'm here with Sabrina. It's Sabrina. And um, yeah, we're here. There's um, like nothing to talk about, like at all. But we found something. Quote from Sabrina. <laughs> she, we were like, what on earth are we going to talk about? And she goes, oh, you know what we can do? I don't know if it's that interesting, but it is relevant. And I was like, perfect. <laughs> you have found the perfect topic because that is what August is all about. So we're going to talk about the uh, Sports Illustrated Top 100 ranking, Top 100 players in the NBA ranking that came out today. There were four Lakers involved. What did you yeah. think about the ranking? Overall? So I went through it, um, you know, from 100 to 1. Like, I think you're supposed to. I don't, I don't actually know how people go through these things or if they just start at the top and work their way down. I did 100 but, to 1. Yeah, I did 100 to 1. So... Immediately, we get Kyle Kuzma, right, at number 96, which to me feels a little low. I agree. I agree with that. You know, I mean, and also just like a little worrisome because a lot of people think Kyle Kuzma might be our third best player this season. And to see him slot in at 96 was like, oh, okay, here we are. Yeah. I mean, I thought their reasoning, I thought what they wrote about him was actually very poetic and beautiful. Um, Yeah, do you want to read it? Yeah, we could read it out loud. Is that, is that Kosh? I think we'll just say, you know, this was written by Rob Mahoney at Sports Illustrated. At Sports Illustrated. And it's actually beautiful and gorgeous. So here we go. It remains to be seen whether Kyle Kuzma, a 30% three-point shooter last season, can really stretch the floor. What's more incredible is the way he scores from the seams. This is gorgeous. There is an improvisational bent to Kuzma that lends itself to the rapidly evolving nature of an NBA game. When he sets out with a live dribble, Kuzma might have an idea of where he wants to go or what moves he wants to use, but there's no fixed course. Everything is adaptable, in part because Kuzma can get to a wide array of runners and leaners whenever needed. He's not really a post-up player or strictly a spot-up player. He does his best work in the spaces in between by making the most of what a defense gives him, which bodes well for a season in the Lakers' positional clutter. This is both a feature and a bug. Were Kuzma a more defined score, it might be easier to build systems and lineups around him. Instead, he's best suited getting buckets in a less scripted and thus less focal role. I do love this, but I also think that there's like a fallacy in that like, are you really trying to build like a system around him? So I think what he's trying to get at is that there are players whose game is more predictable And those are the kinds of players you can build a system around. Like, Kyle Kuzma is probably going to be the sixth man this year, which means he is going to be the hub of a lot of bench offenses. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult to construct a specific bench offense because of the way Kyle Kuzma's game doesn't lend itself to any sort of structure. He just sort of goes. I do think that makes him, like, a great third option, though. When you have – I mean, it was maybe better – Oh, it's so hard because you'd want like a DeMarcus Cousins, Kyle Kuzma thing to be really mm-hmm. good, but they're both so bad at defense, but the offense would have been gorgeous. But what I, 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 I suppose what I felt was that I think that he fits well with LeBron, right? That was like what we decided last year was like, oh, he 
fits really well with LeBron. Like, I, I think he definitely deserves to be in the top 100 players. And I thought that just literally based on the amount of points he can score in one game. Like, there are not that many people who can do that. You know, that's like... Right. That offensive output that he had against Philadelphia, like, that's not something that everybody can do. No, the potential is fully there. Like, the ceiling is there. And I thought, like, they wrote this very beautiful beautiful thing. He's, like, very creative. I I think he's kind of like jazz ballet, where it's, like, there's, like, this kind of technical, like, beauty to his offense, where he can, like, find the gaps and, like, it's very very technically sound that way. And his footwork on, on offense is nice, not so much on defense perhaps. But um, but then it's adaptable, and that's the jazz part. Um, yeah, I think what's interesting about Kuz is that he clearly gets amplified by playing next to good players. Yeah. So he's the kind of guy who you can slot next to in Anthony Davis or LeBron James, and he looks really good next to them. But then because of the way the Lakers – roster is structured that's not all he's going to be asked to do right like he has to be able to probably at some point generate offense for himself and you don't think we he just can don't do know that? how i feel effective. like he's an off the dribble guy too that he can like find i don't know i haven't found him to be like terrible at that he's just, he's not like elite or anything but yeah absolutely so i mean i just don't know if he can do that efficiently yet right yeah yeah i mean i thought like I thought he and Spencer Dinwiddie were also like I I saw like Spencer Dinwiddie close to him on the list mm-hmm. and I was like those are two that I feel like seem out of place right here and maybe that's my own bias like definitely yeah. that's my own bias playing there but I also <laughs> felt like because the list it's important to note that the list did not take into account any team based value so like mm-hmm. your role on the team or like anything like that or, like who else was on the team. And I felt like those two, based on, like, what their role is expecting of them, like, what their their role on the team expects of them, and then the team's aspirations, I just felt like it felt low because the opportunity for them to be so much better, especially both being quite young, although Kuzma much, I feel like, maybe has more room than Spencer Dinwiddie to grow. Like, I just felt like that was... Those are important aspects that weren't taken into account. And I think that, like, what is being expected of Kuzma and, like, his personality, his ego, maybe will allow him to fare better than they expected him to on this list. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's also important to consider, like, what numbers we're dealing with here, right? So it's the top 100 players out of 450 in the league, right? And we're not taking into account rookies, so maybe the top 100 out of, like, 420, let's say. But we would assume that all rookies are going to be worse than Kyle Kuzma, except for, like, Zion, right? (laughs) Like, most rookies are not very good at NBA basketball. So he's already in, like, the top 22%. I think that was the number. And judging by that criteria, like, setting aside the number, like, oh, Kyle Kuzma is the 96th best player in the NBA, like, thinking of him as, like, a top 20% player, that tracks. yeah. Yeah, like I, I don't, that. I don't think he's like you know, better than the seventy fifth percentile you know among NBA players because there are gaps in his game, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, this isn't judging potential. This isn't seeing like you know where he's going to be in three years. This is just at this very moment. Yeah, there are ninety five players you'd rather have than Kyle Kuzma. I do think this is like an interesting list to talk about because of what it is attempting 
to say. Like, I feel like it's very hard to take anything away from this list about, like, how the upcoming season is going to go. And also, like, even actually how these players will play. Because mm-hmm. he's... This is year three, right? Yes. For Kyle Kuzma. I just feel like year three is, like, a thing, kind of. And I don't know. I mean, <laughs> his body looks <laughs> banging. Like, he looks <laughs> lit. Like, he looks so strong and big and, like, glistening. And it's just, like... <laughs> I feel like year three is a thing, and I could I just could see him getting more consistent. They didn't really talk about consistency, which was interesting. I mean, there's like a hundred little bios you have to write, so I think, yeah, exactly. I think they got to the heart of what intrigues <laughs> us about Kyle Kuzma, and that he has such an interesting way of playing the game. Like he's a scorer in a way that you don't always see, and because of that, it's it's kind of hard to project where he goes from there. I suppose. Yeah, I just feel like he's also um, on like hairstyle number three of the summer isn't he <laughs> i'm trying i'm trying to like be okay with it you know <laughs> i really 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 liked the blonde thing like i actually mm. thought that was really hot and like i'm just trying to get used to it because i got really attached to that hairstyle and now it's gone and it was just very quick and it's... i'm never gonna get to meet him with that hairstyle and that like hurts my heart a little bit maybe he'll make it like an annual summer thing you know yeah, a hot bitch summer thing. <laughs> hot, what is it? Is that right? I thought it was hot girl summer. It's hot girl summer. It's the PG yeah. version. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's his oh, hot well. girl summer look. Poor Kuzma. <laughs> I did think it was interesting that Kuzma slots in at 96, and uh, he was, like, right behind. Well, he's, like, right in the middle of, like, four nets. Yeah. <laughs> um, which just made me think of you when I was reading the list. Oh, yeah. I saw Jared Allen on like, there. He's like, right, yes. He's right, like, in between Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Jared Allen, and DeAndre Jordan. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair for, yeah. Yeah. DeAndre Jordan, I, I don't really know that much about, but Jared Allen, I think that's a great, that's a great place for him. He's so mm-hmm. young, too. Like, he'll move up in future, and he, like... I just thought it was funny, like, the juxtaposition of, like, Jared Allen and then Kyle Kuzma, who are just very, like, different types yeah. of people, where, like, Jared Allen is, like, the Brooklyn's humble beast, like... Yeah, he's, and he's like, a very traditional type of player, like, you know exactly yeah. what you're gonna get out of him, yeah. And there's, like, no ego, and then Kyle Kuzma is, like, has this, like, huge ego, and he... I don't know about that, <laughs> but, like, he he's very, like confident and and mm-hmm. sure that he he will be like a star like he's just sure about it and that's yeah in wild and i admire that and I, I wish it for myself i also did think it was interesting that like mason plumley didn't make the list yeah and uh i really hope kyle kuzma was actually hurt and that's why he dropped out of team usa not because he thought he was going to get cut because it oh. would have been nice to uh have seen him on that team <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if literally he even had even a tiny tweak, my instinct is GTFO. Yeah. I just really like Team USA. I I enjoy watching national games, so it was a bit of a bummer that he didn't get to be a part of it. It also would have been some good content. Yeah, it would have been good content. I also just think, like, part of me is, like, everybody is kicking up this huge fuss, and it's like, it's not the Olympics, like, I, I, I know. I know it's, like, it's the world. Well, it's not even really. I mean, it is, I guess, the world. It is the world. 
it's not every country, <laughs> but it's the world. And it's like, can we just can we just kick up this big fuss in an Olympic year rather than like a FIBA year? Because FIBA, this is like the first time I've ever like really heard that much about FIBA. <laughs> And I'm like, I think I would rather be kicking up the fuss when the Olympics come around because the Olympics are, they just have more clout. Like, I would understand why young players would be like, what is FIBA? I don't care. But then they would care about the Olympics because we all grew up with it. Yeah. Anyway. I guess we should go on to our second Laker on the list, right? Yeah. Okay. So coming in at 89, this was also quite a shock to see him coming at 89. Danny Green. So I'm probably higher on Danny Green than most. Uh, I think that just comes from having watched him like all through college too. Mm. But he's actually the Lakers' third best player, and yeah. to roll in at 89 is rough. <laughs> that's really rough. Like this guy was really important part of a championship team just last season. Yeah, you know he he played every game. He regularly defended the team's best wing player like when Kawhi Leonard wasn't there he's just an outstanding team defender he hits a ton of threes yeah I I don't really know why Hmm. he was so low on this list like it really I I did a thing where like I I looked at like the the ex-Lakers you know Mm. to see where they slotted in Brandon Ingram is not better than Danny Green Julius Randle does not contribute to winning more than Danny Green like I don't think he's better than Danny Green both of them like, 10 slots higher than Danny Green. Brandon Ingram, like, Brandon Ingram's whole bio thing was about, like, how they're not sure that any team could make use of him. Like, that was literally the gist. It was like, yeah, he's like, this is the kind of player he is. He's like, great, but we're not even sure how that ever fits on an actual team. (laughs) And with Danny Green, he literally just did that. Yep, he he came into a team... Did that. Sight unseen. Like, that was his first season. It was just seamless, perfect fit. I mean, theoretically, like, contracts are not supposed to be considered in this. So, like, the fact that he's making 15 million should not be a consideration. I think it's a little high. But it's, you know, that's not not part of the discussion. No. And also, it's felt like they based the entire, like, number on the fact that almost, like, the vast majority of his shots are threes. And sometimes he doesn't make threes very well. And I was like, yeah, but that's also not the only but he also makes thing that he does. 44% of his threes. So even yeah. if it feels like he's not making a lot he is. over time, that's that's a good number. I actually just watched Moneyball mm-hmm. last night. And that okay. is like basically the theme of Moneyball. <laughs> and I would One just of my like very say, favorite movies. <laughs> I would just like to say that I did not buy at all the relationship between Brad Pitt and his supposed daughter. Oh. There was zero chemistry whatsoever. I found it very unconvincing. Um, but that's it. That's my only note for the movie. It was a really fun movie. And the fact that, like, she was basically... She, her and his, like, wife, ex-wife, were the only women in the movie, like, basically at all. And I oh, get yeah, it. I guess the A's didn't have any women on their staff at that point. I don't think anybody did. But that's also, like, how how can the movie just, like, pretend that there were? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, sorry. But anyway, yeah, I felt very weird about Danny Green being that low, especially because, like, I was looking yeah. for the other Raptors then, and, like, Serge Ibaka was much higher than him, which I don't think is correct. Um, Marcus was, like, 50 spots higher than Danny Green, which is, like, 
I guess Marcus is better than Danny Green, but 50 spots is a lot. I know. This this one um, did actually feel weird. I mean, I don't know a ton I can about get Danny on board Green. with Kyle Guzman as 96, but, like, Danny Green's got to be at least at least in the 70s, you yeah, know. I feel that. This does that was feel a weird low. One. And it, it also just, like, this... This list is based on subjective and objective factors as laid out by Sports Illustrated. So that's, like, part of it. I mean, ultimately, we are talking about a decision that, like, basically one person made about all these players. So it's just not – it's not going to line up all the way with how we feel. But it it did feel weird that Ingram was higher than Danny Green. And that feels like an inherent – like, that's something in the editing process should have caught that, (laughs) I think. Anyway. All right. So if you were keeping track, um, we said the Lakers had four players on this list, and we've already gotten to the second one, so can kind of assume where the next two are going to be, right? I think I think it's pretty obvious. You have to have an amazing like the way that this page works is so fun because if you like click on it, it just like scrolls super duper fast all the way through the list, and it's like very very long. So you have to go all the way to six. And our next boy, next guy, is Anthony Davis at number six. What do you think about that? So I think what was interesting about the way that Sports Illustrated framed both LeBron and Anthony Davis was a lot of the narrative was about how they got to this point off the court, Mm. the trade demand Mm -hmm. last year, and, you know, basically what the narrative is around them as opposed to all of it being about their play. And I think that's fair because, yeah. you know, he did he did demand a trade midseason and LeBron's agent and best friend was also responsible for part of that. So I get that, like, the off-the-court thing is part of the story, but I think with Davis, it's not going to be as much over the course of the season. Like, I think he's going to focus on basketball. Like, LeBron, it's it's impossible for him to not focus on basketball. Like, he's got his hand in everything and... He's always going to be talking about things that are not related to the Lakers. But with Davis, I feel like once the season starts, hopefully this whole drama about how he got to the Lakers ends and we can just focus on, oh, Anthony Davis next in the line of a long history of Lakers big men. Did you think that six was fair? Yeah, I think six is about right. Yeah. I mean, the, he, uh, the he's never won ten. an MVP, right? So no. I think... Well, I mean, Maybe Kawhi's never won an MVP either, but he's won finals MVPs, so that's that's there. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I, it might yeah, be I helpful the, to say the top 10. The top 10 is uh, Damian Lillard at 10, Paul George at 9, Nikola Jokic at 8, Joel Embiid at 7, Anthony Davis at 6, James Harden at 5, which I thought was interesting, Steph Curry at 4, LeBron at 3. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. And Kawhi Leonard at two, and then Giannis at one, which I actually think was a pretty. That's probably how I would do it too. Although I would maybe. Oh, it's so hard. Uh, Kawhi and Giannis is really hard, but I would definitely put them in front of LeBron. And honestly, I might even have put. No, I think this is actually very fair. I might have put Joel Embiid up earlier but he can absolutely not not have a cold (laughs) so that's an issue (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah I actually am. I'm pretty pleased with the way they ended up with the top ten. Like my only issue is yeah. I thought Kawhi was a little bit high because oh, interesting. He like I think they mentioned that he only played like three quarters of the games last season. But it didn't but, matter. <laughs> I mean, for some teams, it matters. <laughs> That's true, but I I mean I don't think the Raptors like roster was it was very good, but you know I don't think it was like better than the Warriors or something. And yeah, I just. I don't know that Kawhi is ever going to be the same destructive defensive force he was in San Antonio. And I think, like, even though they won a title last year, like, his defense was a little overrated as a member of Toronto. But the way LeBron's season went last year, I don't think you could justify putting him ahead of Kawhi at this point. No, certainly not. Yeah. Certainly not. I actually thought that was a pretty generous... Uh, placement for LeBron, to be honest. I feel like from the outside world, like we, we I think we overrate LeBron a lot in Lakeland <laughs> because we just genuinely have to. Like, we just have to. Um, I think we also overrate Anthony Davis in that way. I don't know if they can be overrated. That's another thing. But it's, I do think that we need a very, very healthy level of skepticism about what LeBron is going to be next season because we'd love it. We, I think everybody would love it except for maybe Bill Simmons if LeBron came back next year with like a vengeance and he was like so good and he was very well rested and all of this, blah, blah, blah. But as with everything, it was something with Kawhi as well that like all this is happening and time does not stop. Like, you continue to age while you're recovering from injury. You know what I mean? Like, with Kawhi, mm-hmm. it's like, he's still very young, but he also has, like, continued to age as he's been recovering from, like, a pretty bad, or, like, a pretty, like, it's not, it wasn't, like, a bad It was bad a injury, degenerative was quad injury. Yeah, yeah, like, this is going to affect his career from now on, mm-hmm. and he's going to continue to age as that happens. So I think you're right in saying that his he's never going to be as good on defense as he used to be, just because simply time continues to run on, and it's a degenerative, dis- like, uh, injury. But LeBron, it's like, dude, like, how many 35-year-olds? I know he's not, like, a normal 35-year-old, but... Time continues to tick on for my guy, and for people who think that he's not going to be doing the exact same thing on defense, I got some bad news for you. Like, he is not going to play defense. That was one of the things that the list cited was, like, that he basically didn't play half the game, Mm -hmm. and he still is a number three, which is crazy. I mean, just a testament to him. But, yeah, I mean, that's not going to just, like, all of a sudden happen next season because he got, like, a month or two extra rest like i I don't know so i think he got closer to like three months extra rest considering when they shut him down versus playing Mm, the finals through june that's true but i mean we're only a little over a year removed from lebron literally making the eastern conference like his bitch right Mm -hmm. (laughs) like he the the cavaliers won 50 games in 2018 he basically Mm -hmm. coasted through the entire regular season he was propping up, you know, Jordan Clarkson by the end of it. And, I mean, we love Jordan Clarkson, but he was propping up Jordan Clarkson by the end of it. Sad. And then he just ran through the playoffs like nobody's business. I know, but and I don't, I don't it's, know. We're not that far removed from that version of LeBron. And even if he doesn't play defense during the regular season, we know that he has that fastball when it comes. 
to like gut check time, which unfortunately the Lakers never got to last year. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, it's true. We, we, we never really got to a point where he was like, okay, let's turn it on for the playoffs because everybody was injured when he, when he came back. And he was also still hurt, you know, yeah. like I, he didn't look right when he came back. No, I don't know. I'm just like, I just am trying not to get my hopes up too, too much because I tend to be like very high peaks and then very low, you know, valleys kind of mm-hmm. person. And I'm trying to work on that. So I'm trying not to like exalt LeBron to this point where when we get, when the season actually starts and... Like, maybe even he looks really good at the start of the season. I'm just, like, trying to brace for another injury because you're 35 and you just had an injury that was, like, not – it was probably, like, a medium, medium bad injury, right? It's not, like, a terrible injury that's, you know, it wasn't – It wasn't, like, ACL level, yeah. No, 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 not at all. But I don't know, like, at his age – do you expect to fully heal from that? I don't know. Well, okay, so he he turns thirty five in December, right? So we'll we'll give him the four months before he turns thirty five. I also feel like I am being like thirty five is very old and ancient, and he has a long gray beard now. Where like thirty five is like you're literally having your first child for the majority yeah. of us normals, and like it's I'm like. I think I'm taking it too far, but, like, I might have a gray hair by 35. He definitely has gray hairs. I'm just thinking about it, okay? Like, <laughs> at 35, you're not that old, but, like, should you still be playing? So let's think awesome. about the context of this again. So I know that um, I think the the mechanism for the list said it wasn't, like, value to the team. It was just best players, right? Yeah. But the way the Lakers were constructed last season – was specifically designed to let the young players grow and learn from LeBron throughout the course of the season, right? Like, they were given responsibilities Mm -hmm. that LeBron generally had on his Cleveland teams. The way this current roster has been built, this is like a Cleveland Cavaliers roster for the Lakers. Like, LeBron will have to be the offensive engine for anything in this team to function. And I think that's how he works best. Oh, like, I I'd, noticed I'd love that... for him to stand still on offense, actually. That's like, I, I mean that. I'm not, I'm not like being... Stand still on funny. offense? Yeah, I'd love for him to take the ball and just pass it to someone. Doesn't he have to, like, drive or something? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. He'll drive. Okay. No, I just, I, I, I think I would like for him, <clears throat> and maybe he'll do this, I don't know. I'm also a freaking nobody, so here we go, but I think it would be cool if he would split his rest time between offense and defense like I just think it's crazy that he does nothing on defense and I think it's detrimental like he can't do closeouts it's like you need to do more because in the regular season you have to play defense otherwise you're going to lose like we literally need him like of how big of a body he is on the court and like the space that he, the position and space that he takes up on the court. I don't know that we can afford for him to not play defense. And he's so good at it. And I just feel like he never, I don't know. I'm not trying to hate. I obviously freaking love LeBron. Guys, have you noticed how I'm saying freaking instead of the F word? I am not going to believe myself out at all this episode. <laughs> 
I have adopted freaking. I love him, and I think he's great, and he's really smart, and obviously I'm not as smart as him at all um, on basketball things. So, like, do what you will. But I also think that he's not immune to criticism, and I feel like maybe he needs to figure out a way where he can spend more energy on defense in the regular season because, like, I just kind of think we're going to need him, and that might be something that we'll feel out as the season goes on. Yeah, I also think that, I mean, his placement on the list, it's it's kind of hard to say that even a LeBron James that doesn't play defense is less valuable than Joel Embiid, who is, you know, you're perpetually knocking on wood to make sure he doesn't get hurt, or, like, yeah. Steph Curry, who also has his defensive limitations. Yeah. Or... I mean, who else is below on the list? Like James Harden, again, defensive limitations, right? So and like, it James may seem like, like he's it may seem like he's overrated because he only plays like one end of the floor. But even a checked out LeBron still mm-hmm. does some things on defense, and yeah. just the the value that he brings on offense, and merely just like his his gravity, just based on like reputation alone, it's it's hard to say that this is overrating him. What I did think was interesting is that. LeBron has basically made it his point this offseason to pump up Anthony Davis as much as possible mm-hmm. and, like, tell the Lakers to build things around him and cater to him, and he wants him to be able to win MVP. Nobody, I mean, nobody else appears to be buying that because Anthony Davis is still lower than LeBron on this list, and I don't think we're arguing about that. <laughs> I mean, how do you think that's going to play out? I, I did actually think that was interesting because my, like <clears> – <throat> I don't know. The way that I thought about it is that, like, is, like, a kind of brain and brawn kind of situation where LeBron is, like, our brain trust and Anthony Davis is our muscle. And not that Anthony Davis isn't incredibly smart at all. Like, that's one of his best attributes is that he's also incredibly smart. But I don't know, like, how much, like, body banging. I mean, neither of them want a body bang, so I guess, like... Skinny old JaVale's going to do it? I don't know. I'm just... So, well, I mean, there are so many questions with this team still. Oh, my God. It is kind of crazy how many questions there still are, even with six and three. Yeah, I guess the, the <clears throat> thing that, like, uh, SI wrote about Anthony Davis was that he can't make himself the best player because he's not enough of a playmaker to consistently create his own shot all the time. So LeBron is going to be directly responsible for how good Anthony Davis looks on offense in mm. some respect. Yeah. You know? That is interesting. And it, and yeah, three and six, but then 89 and 96, right? I think we've established that 89 is absurd. But it's such a tremendous gap. If, like, if, even so, even if he was in the 70s, it would be a huge yeah. gap. Like, yeah. I was, you know, writing down the Clippers ratings and, like, they're two, yeah. nine... 53, 77, and 81. Like, there's there's a better balance there. Yeah, and uh, I don't think that we have anyone else on the team who, like, <clears throat> like where do you think everybody snubbed. else would, would uh, land? We'll see. Out of 450, I'd probably put Rondo about 448, maybe. Um. Who's below him? <laughs> I don't know, rookies. <laughs> <laughs> no, they they don't count. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody was snubbed. I was looking at no. like the twenty five players that Rob also considered for his list, and he wrote Dwight Howard on the like those yeah. twenty five just because he's like Dwight has the opportunity to make a real impact on the Lakers this season, 
Do I think he will? No. <laughs> no, yeah, he was like, we have no reason to believe that he will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no reason <laughs> whatsoever. Like, that's, that's fair. That is But I fair. like that he was in the consideration. Like, like I don't think there were any snubs. Like, no no mm-hmm. Lakers beyond, really belong in consideration here, you know. Oh, I did think they they put him on the snub list, but I was like, Shea Gilgis. When I mm-hmm. saw Shea Gilgis on the snub list, I was like, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> I like him. I like him a lot. Also... I don't... Oh, wait. Deer and Fox is on the list, right? Yeah, Deer and Fox is on the okay. list, yeah. He I'm didn't make saying. it last year, but he was he was fairly high on the list this year. Yeah, he's really yeah. good. I'm excited yeah. to watch the Kings next season. Except yeah. for freaking... I don't know that I can even watch with Luke Walton on the bench. Honestly, yeah, it definitely makes the watching. Kings a little less likable <laughs> than I had hoped for. Yeah. Yep. Might not be, why, <laughs> might not be watching them after all. Just kidding, guys. Um, just kidding. Oh, one thing that, I, I might not be watching them. I would like to uh, mention, other than the the rankings, is uh, if you're a Laker fan and you're not following a Phil Handy on Instagram, you should like uh, amend that immediately. Oh my goodness, who is this? <laughs> so he's uh, the new assistant coach that the Lakers hired. He's oh. like a skill development coach. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, you know, worked with LeBron and them. Cleveland was on Toronto last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he posted a picture of all of the Lakers coaches going to play a round of golf this week oh my um it's it's a really nice picture other than the fact that like kurt rambis is in it which is a bit of a downer uh well you know there's nothing you can do about it (laughs) that is what it is but i really enjoyed his uh caption (laughs) like uh he he tagged it uh look like tiger golf like chuck (laughs) 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 i mean (laughs) we had some really good social presence with the kids last year for the lakers uh, I haven't really loved all of the social presence we have this year because, you know, LeBron's a little too corny for my taste. He's very corny. AD's a little too packaged. Obviously, we still yeah. have, we have Kuz, who's great, and Alex Caruso, who <laughs> told us that he got a drug test after that photoshopped image of him oh went viral. Oh, my God, viral. that was so funny. <laughs> so oh there's, God, there's still so some, but uh, Handy, yeah, he's the one you got to follow. He's so got we some just, good like, stuff. we, like, dad humor it's gonna be yeah. all dad humor this guy's the social media stuff is gonna be super different lonzo was like sort of like the fire in the belly ingram's always had like a very very freaking weird uh <laughs> like presence on mm-hmm. social media it's always been very odd um very off kilter and like yeah no it's super weird you you'd think that literally everybody is doubting him all the time i think he gets crossed a lot, is my impression. I think people cross him. That's what I get from. That's what I get from. Yeah, him. this is uh, this is definitely a different vibe we're gonna have to deal with this year. Super but different. Yeah, it's I'm gonna be a lot of golf pictures. I think a lot of golf pictures. Golf is gonna be a big deal. Yep. Yeah. So it's gonna be even harder for us to relate to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to not relate to anybody on the team. Yeah. Who's right. uh, who's still out? Who's still doing a great job? Yeah. He has, like, a good so mix of, He's carrying of like, the brand. Yeah, no, he actually has a really good mix of, like, some more, like, I work out guys kind of pictures, mm-hmm. and then also just, like, his Twitter is really good. I like his Twitter a lot. He's I he miss when he was, uh, you know, questioning the media and deciding to start a podcast. Like, that was a nice little phase of Kyle Kuzma that maybe we'll return to <laughs> at some point. Honestly, like, the more I think about it, I think he would have a really good podcast. I do think that 
I, I have nothing in common with Josh Hart, like nothing at all, basically. So his podcast is uh, not very approachable for me. Um, I don't know that I, no offense to him. I like people care what he has to say. It's maybe just not me. That's like, that's just a thing. There are a lot of people who really don't care what I have to say. So <laughs> I am. Well, on that note. <laughs> I don't feel uncomfortable saying that. I don't care what he has to say. But with Kyle Kuzma, I would like to hear it. Yeah. I'm interested. I, I'd like to know what he has to say. He seems very thoughtful. He's smart. He, like, is clearly experiencing a lot of growth. Mm-hmm. And I just want to ask him why he changed his hair. I just want to know why he changed his hair. That's really it. So this is our regular pitch to Kuz if you're listening. You know, come on the podcast. <laughs> come and just start one with me, I think, overall is really. I produce it for you. I don't even have to be yeah. on it. I get it. I don't even have to be on it, but I'll, I'll edit for you. Let's let's do it. That's a pretty good offer, Kyle. You should consider it. It's pretty that. good. I won't do yeah. it for free, but you're rich, so it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. We can use some of that Puma money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So excited for him. That's so fun. If Rihanna and Kyle Kuzma did a collaborate, a shoe collaboration I think I would have no choice but to buy those shoes. Yeah, that'd be a part of dent in the <clears throat> wallet. That is tailor-made content for me. <laughs> tailor-made for me. All right, guys. I think that's probably the end of it. We've gone a tiny bit over, as we are wont to do. But I feel like this list uh, had some illuminating things and some, like, limitations as well. Yeah, but it's a nice way to think about the Lakers at this time of the season or this time of the year. Yeah. And uh, hope you um, enjoy. Considering that there's no other way to think about the Lakers this time of year. <laughs> we have literally nothing to go on. Um, you know, just just <laughs> pictures of the coaching staff playing 18 holes of golf. That's what we've got. <laughs> we love that content. Um, it truly is a desert out here. Maybe, like, I don't know if anybody cares to. This is an open call right now for people to tell us what we should talk about next week. Let's see if anybody <laughs> does it. Let's just Let's just see. If you have anything you want us to talk about, tell us, and we maybe we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm always open to suggestions. Yeah, absolutely. Then we don't have to think of an idea two hours before we record, guys. That would be great. <laughs> hey, I think it was like four hours. Okay. It was. It was four hours. Um, all right. Anyway. All right. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Make sure you're subscribed to the Silver Screen Roll Podcast Network for Lakers content every day of the week, even during this dead zone when we have to, you know scrounge the depths of the internet for things to talk about and uh, we'll see you next week